All right, I think I got all my goodies here. We got this out. Ugh, God. No, right, here, we right, go. here we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There we go. Hey, glub, 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 glub. <laughs> Welcome to episode Sorry, I was reading, 144. I was I was of looking CMB at Towers Bruce builds. I don't even one of the care. Cards. I was looking at one of the cards. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like the best card in the deck." <laughs> I'm Mr. Cobb, number five of my fellows will be examining Ooh. this deck with the detail of Foundry Inspector Big Tech. Hey, uh, man, let me tell you, uh, I just added another. So I've been on this. The, I, I'm still dating. Hey, how are you? First off, and uh, hello, cats and kittens, all that jazz. But uh, I've been trying to drink less during the week, and I joined yet another pseudo sport activity that involves drinking. So I had the hashing right, and I finally had a I finally had a Thursday night off. So I joined this thing called Noda, the social bike club. So. Okay. We like they bike for like ten miles, stop and drink, and then like bike home, right? So I thought this would be like a two hour ordeal, right? Like it sounds like you like thirty minutes of biking, you stop for a beer or two, and then you go again, dude. Okay, we were at we were at this brewery for like maybe an hour, just sitting there. I was like, guys, are we like what? I'm not just gonna sit here and just keep drinking beers. Like, what are we gonna do? And then some poor woman like popped her tube. And we were just sitting there for another 30 minutes just trying to get her to fix it, and it didn't work. So, like, that was a whole thing. Um, so that was, like, a fun thing. And then the other thing I want to say is I've heard you on the phone, and you are very much in work, like, pretty prim and proper, right? I haven't, oh, I haven't, sure. heard, you, I haven't heard you swear a lot or use any other coarse language, as they call it. So sure. is that ever – and I imagine certainly without clients, right? Like, with yes. your clients, you're not using these sort of – phrases no i i would say the most i do with a customer is if i have a good relationship with them i'll be like right. hey and excuse my language but this is crap or oh this is yeah. bs or something yes, like yes, that yes. but no i'm never like oh fuck this yeah fuck, fuck fuck this and fuck you yeah no and even with my team i even apologize to them like if i say like shit or damn oh really um, okay yeah never say bitch never say fuck uh, yeah. you know, kind of the big ones. Um, how do you, you know, refer, I, how do you refer to a group? What do you mean? What would you say if you, if you were like, Hey, everyone that's sitting at this table with us? Oh, Hey y'all. Y'all. Okay. So you don't use guys. No. Um, but okay. that's just more me. I've never really been a guys person. Hey guys. I, I, sure. Yeah. I've only really ever done that. And it's oddly enough, just with male groups. I sure. only ever say guys, um, but anytime there's any type of blend, I usually go with y'all or hey everyone. I something like that. I prefer team or cowards or you <laughs> bastards, uh, that sort of thing. So anyway, uh, I've been working at this job now for six months, setting all types of records, right? Or almost six months. And I have heard my boss, he's he's very calm. It's okay, you know, and everything for him is the sure. same. <sighs> So here's the thing, right? And I was like just asking him about like benefits. So mm-hmm. I've heard him I've heard him swear exactly twice. And the first time was he said, I he said, he phrased it like this. He's like, our process for this, and if I was going to be someone who used more vulgar terms, is really fucked up. And everyone's just <laughs> like, it's like it's like hearing, you know, like God speak. And then today we were like talking about this encryption on this platform, and sure. he was like, 
Guys, if they're not doing this currently, it's going to be a fucking shitstorm. Legal's going to shit a brick. It's going to be this huge goddamn... Like, he was, like, losing his mind. So I was like, okay, oh, I guess this guy's great. not joking around. So anyways, <laughs> I thought you could kick out of that. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Um, you know, it was pretty exciting. I had a, a pretty big tech company reach out to me earlier in the Ooh. week. Uh, wanting to interview for what I think is actually a very, very cool concept. Um, you, you may have seen this, Tuck, and people of the collective, that there are new concept stores that you walk in, it knows, you know, who you are because it's using oh, like right. NFC, and then you can grab anything off the shelf. It just adds it to your cart, and when you walk out, yep. you pay for it. Um, like, and so essentially, I would be Amazon doing... does that a lot, right? Yeah. And so I'd be doing that, but helping like retail you know, businesses mm. try to like establish this stuff and figure out like, how are you different from this? Like, how is a hardware store any different than a grocery store right. and how we track and do this stuff? And so, I mean, it's still like a sales gig, but it, it's, it's very like, everything is transformational. Every conversation right. is going to be like going from night to day or day to night. And I really, really love that. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, it works out. Um, it was the hiring manager, I guess, came across my resume and told the sure. recruiter to reach out to me. So uh, we'll see if anything comes of that. But the big news, Kenobi finale. Oh, God. Oh, I, man. So don't ruin anything, but I'm pretty sure. Is that the episode where, and I quote, something hot that's familiar to one of the characters is used by one to the other? I don't know what you mean by that. I don't want to spoil it, so I don't want to. I don't know if I want to say anything. <laughs> All right. Well, then, um, you know, spoiler free, of course, guys. I'm never going to ruin it for you, this is how you know, we until next week's episode because, you know, hey, you have a week to watch it. And, you know, right. I, I have no. And if, and if no, not, uh, then whose fault is that? Certainly not. Yeah. Ours, right. <laughs> so I'll give you my biggest disappointments at first. Way too short for a finale, especially because I thought I had saw something where they greenlit season two. I guess that was fake news. I know they're talking about it, but if this was the true Kenobi finale, it was only 50 minutes long. I think the first episode was longer than the last episode. Heck, the Miss Marvel episode that came out this week, that's just like a middle of the season a episode. normal, yeah, d down the pack. Yeah, it was only five minutes shorter than the finale for Kenobi. Huh. So okay. I did not like that. I, I felt like you could have flushed out more, given us more, especially if this is the last time we see Ian McGregor as Obi-Wan. So I didn't like that. Is there? But... Wait, there's a second season, right? No, they they have not greenlit anything. It's just oh, we're in this the could talks. be like an, this could be like an anthology season, right? Where it's just like this is yeah. just it. Wow, yep. that'd be wild. Um, and so that's why I'm disappointed. It's like, hey this but i did i i swear to everything i had read something like two months ago that the reviews were so or not two months ago it had been like a month ago uh, right. that the reviews were so high for kenobi that they altered the final episode to leave it open for a second season but now i can't find anything about it so i must have just fever dreamed it so <laughs> that's my only complaint but i'll tell you this though um remember last week when we talked and i was like dude vader you get to see the power yeah, right and it's in, like in his goosebumps. full and it's full glory yeah uh the same could be said of obi-wan in this episode oh he gets it back holy crap that dude when he wants to be a badass he is powerful and i've always had this thing because obi-wan i think is rated as like a top five most powerful of all time jedi sure. um in star wars by lore. whatever metric the person at wikipedia made it up exactly um, but at the same time, it's like, well, I never saw it with Alec Guinness 
in episode four. Well, of course not, because he's 80 years old. <laughs> but episodes one through three, I didn't really see it. I just saw him as a good Jedi, not like right. Yoda or Mace Windu powerful. So sure. it, it was great that we got to see that. Two fantastic cameos at the end. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then I'll say finally, they uh, they did a great tie-in with a Clone Wars Darth Vader fight and correlated it into this. So oh, people that right. have watched the Clone Wars can maybe read into that. I want to say I want to say it was in I Rebels. Know what you're talking about? Yeah, I think it was in Rebels that the actual fight happened with Vader, but same concept had happened with the emotion seeing him. Oh man, it was so great. You get a little bit of that in this final episode. And just overall, I, I was very pleased. Just it was just too short for me. Way too short. Sure. My other complaints, yeah. though, about the whole um the inquisitors and the overacting, that totally <laughs> paid off. Absolutely made sense. Yeah. It, it was great. Um, I now understand okay. why one particular actress acted like Nick Cage and just went way over the top all the time. It makes sense in the story. So I was cool with it. for it. Okay. Yep. Um, they definitely did a tie-in because, you know, they're coming out with an Andor series that's supposed to follow Cassian from Rogue One. Oh, God. Well, I thought you liked Rogue One. I did, but I don't care about the care. I don't care about the characters. Is this an engaging story? Like this is well, like, it's going to be reason- more of that story. But the but I don't care. Like the reason why Rogue One works so well is it's just because like none of these characters really matter, right? It's just telling an engrossing sure. war story in like a one section of time. I don't need to watch seventeen hours of other series sure. to completely understand what the hell's going on. For people that like Star Wars, though, I'm excited for it because I have always wondered. How did the rebellion become the rebellion? Like, how did we get from like the end of episode three, where it's like maybe we're kind of seeing some, what would push them scrappy, to it? Yeah, right. yeah. We go to Rogue One, where it's basically what hours before A New Hope, so we never actually see that build up. You get a, you get to see a little bit of it in Kenobi, and so I'm hoping one of the characters in Kenobi is going to be over in Andor, and we get to see the continued ah. growth of the Rebellion, because I think that sure. would be interesting. How did they actually come to? So, uh, overall, very happy. And then, of course, uh, guys, the boys, it's... It's still... I I got no so words. <laughs> coach, uh, coach that I'm dating still, if you can also believe that, is also getting close to... Borderline getting close for Charlotte Records on that as well. Uh... She is big into the boys as well. So I got some catching mm. up to do so we can watch it together. Even though I'm not sure, like, I don't know. I don't know if that's a show I want to watch with someone I'm dating, right? It's pretty aggressive. It, it's very aggressive, but uh, I don't know. I, th- I think you'd have fun watching it with she's her. Kind of, she's kind of like, she's kind of an intense person like me, right? Like, she has a very intense personality. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Well, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and Bruise and Builds is our deck tech series. Since we've conquered our path to 32 and the 12 themes of EDH decks, we have moved on to a segment called Say Yes to the Deck. And this will comprise of one of our hosts building a deck specifically geared towards the playstyle for the other, but still challenging somewhat how they play EDH. At the end, we're going to see if they say yes to the deck, but of course, in the heart of Bruise and Builds, is still here. But guys, this will have a twist, which we'll get to in a bit. So we described the brewing of decks similar to how beer is brewed. So we broke this down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your board state. We call that grains. 
And grains are the foundation of every beer. They close well with base malts, especially malts, usually in a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Dex always needs ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. How does your board interact with all of your opponents? We call that hops. And hops give the beer its patented bitter and herbal floral, floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like this IPA from main beer company. Uh, the little whale boat. It's delicious. Uh, and I just picked this up today. Our hub choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can ultimately do what it wants. How does the deck actually close out or win? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, to be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck would meet the goal of actually winning the game. And then we have a section that's kind of fun. It's going to be a lot more relevant with these uh, next couple <laughs> decks we're doing. Uh, sometimes you just have cards that don't really fit. We like to call those spice. I would say that the entire deck could fall into this category, <laughs> but spices and other additives uh, help separate a normal stock beer from especially one. It could be the pepper that turns this out into a jalapeno stout or the addition of even more hops that turns this into a double dry hop, uh, hazy double IPA. Uh, not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, is where we generally talk about it. And then to cap it off, guys, we have a bottle capping, which is going to be the deck's recipients, three cuts and recommendations to the deck around, well... Let's just say for this month, it's on a budget. Just the only restriction is no mana only lands. So without further ado, let's get brewing. Hey guys, I believe it's July. And, uh, you know, we like to, we wanted to do something a little different because, you know, Santa can't keep his fat ass out of it. He already has <laughs> October through December, even a little bit of January. He yeah, just needs right. <laughs> uh, the summer as well. So we're doing a gift exchange. Uh, and we're doing so off of concept of one of our Discord mods, Marketing Ross, has come up with. Whoa, wait, for... I'm sorry, that who? That's not his real name. Oh, that is absolutely his real name. It's not Rocketing Moss. It's Rocketing, it's Rocketing Moss. It's Rocketing Moss is who we're talking about. <laughs> so he came up with this concept, a dollar deck. No, 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 no. Not where every card's a dollar. Not where the average cost of your non-land cards is a dollar. Correct. The entire deck excluding commander and basic lands which i did a little bit of loophole with yeah exactly kind of do not go towards the budget was more in the spirit of the competition than by the law of it on the land yeah and then uh also it just needs to be the cheapest available copy so you know if you got a really cool judge promo but the non-judge promos you know uh cost significantly less you go off of that lower number sure so i went ahead and built a deck for big tuck so, what kind of deck did Big Tuck receive? Well, guys, he loves combat. That's all we hear. Oh, I just like to be in the red zone. I just I like, like to be in the red combat. zone. So I thought, let's go Voltron Mutate. Why not? Sure. Um, one challenge with this, though, is the access to the mana accelerators. So we had to go super, super low on the CMC. Low, yeah. with only a handful of cards costing more than three CMC. And the best things in world come in pennies. Leveraging <laughs> draft chaff non-humans that are usually completely unplayable uh, for their evasion, though, to get our commander Space Godzilla through for damage. Now, the key to this deck is saving certain creatures to have targets for Space Godzilla sure. when you mutate him from the command zone or graveyard, but still playing enough to deter your opponents from bashing face every time. So, Big Tuck, why don't you read Space Godzilla and, I guess, its actual name, Barocos Apex Barocos. Forever. 
Yeah, sure. why don't you read who this guy is and then give me your impression right. of the deck that I built. So, uh, Biocord Space Godzilla, aka Brokos Apex of Power, is a Soul Tie Commander, of which I don't use, I have that many of, so I kind of like that. Two colorless black, uh, a green and a blue for a 6 6 trampler. That's a mythic for 64 cents. It's a legendary creature, Nightmare Beast Elemental, which I don't think is relevant in any of the cards that I look through. Uh, nope. It also has Mutate. So, two colorless. Uh, a hybrid Demir and Green Green. So my understanding, do we want to get in the mutate mechanic? I don't really want to go into I, I, it. People get to well, figure it I out. Mean, no, we, we, it needs to be explained because I even had to look it up. So okay. I'll Tuck, let you do it then. Yeah, it's it's really not complicated, guys. I don't know why Tuck's being a baby. You just you can only mutate Biocourt's God Space Godzilla onto a non-human creature. And basically whichever card is quote unquote on top, on top. is the card. Um, and so it would have its name and its power and toughness and creature types, but it would have all the abilities of all the cards, right. quote unquote, underneath. So an example, you have a Birds of Paradise. If you mutate by Scorts God Space Godzilla on top of it, you now have a six six trample flyer, because birds has flying, and you could tap Biocourt Space Godzilla to add a mana. Versus if you did uh Biocourt Space Godzilla underneath Birds of Paradise. You have a zero one flyer trample, and that's it. Right, and you can tap for a mana. Correct. So, uh, and it's so the mutate cost is there. It has trample, but really interestingly, you have it also as you may cast uh, Brokos or space. I love how they call it bio quartz in the thing, and then they don't in the flavor. It's like just choose one or the other. <laughs> uh, you may cast Brokos Apex of Forever from your graveyard using its mutate ability. So yes. this deck definitely this this deck definitely hit I think it hit the nail on the head and uh you you paved the ground so I could stand on the soldiers of the shoulders of giants because I've also I'm just about done with yours and there is a shockingly low amount of cards that cost a cent. Uh <laughs> there's a shockingly low amount of cards that cost two cents. And when I first started building it, I was like, oh. Just like conceptually, right? I was like, a 10 cent card isn't going to be that big of a, a spend. No, no, no. A 10 cent card takes up a tenth of the budget, effectively, right? Like, that's a lot. So I like the fact that um, there's a lot of fun cards in here where it's like creatures you normally wouldn't play that kind of have weird abilities that are going to be like really impactful at different parts of the game. I like that a lot. I think with access to green, you get to cheese in a fair amount of ramp, more so than you would in a lot of different colors, which I think is really cool. Um, and I don't know, like I, it's, like I said, there's a, a lot of cards you can use here, but like, it looks, it looks functional, which I think is a very strange thing to say, right? Yeah. Well, and I think to give the collective some perspective, I've won two games out of three with this deck. You actually play, you've gotten to play it more than once. Wow. Yep. That's in, so yep. is it just like the waiting game? And then you just blast in with bio courts? Yeah. So essentially, I mean, you're always doing your, your game plan. It's right. just people don't know what to expect from your deck. And this deck, it, so this is the thing across all these dollar decks that uh, Marketing Ross has created. And because he, he's built multiple. Right. They all run slow because we have to mm -hmm. go for higher CMC cards that are usually right. bad because they're cheaper financially. And right, right, I right. do think people recognize that. And it's more of, I can deal with you later. But I need to deal with the uh, Duretti player, or I need to deal right, with the Attracts right, right. player first. 
So you just kind of hang under the radar. And a lot of the cards in here sneak up on people. They don't sure. think they're that good. Um, and it turns out you end up winning the game with them. So surprisingly, the deck is very competitive as long as you are not like public enemy number one. I don't think this deck can sure. survive a public enemy number one. But man, once you kind of have your stuff going, you become real threatening. Well, and evidently TCG or sorry, tapped out agrees with you because it's rated this as a 68% competitive deck. So it's rating this Which, a six out of ten. Hilarious spoiler, guys. The other two episodes of the month, because we've got five Friday or five Saturdays this month. Um, we're me and Tucker also building just uh, fictional decks for each other. And right. I did a CEDH build for Tuck. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at it. You're the CEDH build that has consistently, when I goldfish it, wins on like turn six is only rated a 28% competitive, yet this wait, dollar deck is wait, like a what? 78%. Yeah, it's crazy. I, that's it's so, that's crazy. so stupid. Uh, but it's if you so look dumb. through if you look through um, some of the stats, first off, the color pie is pretty close, considering that you have yeah. no mana fixing. Because there's no way... Like, there, <laughs> I don't know about you, but there's you, non-basic lands of any varietal are just not no, an option, F right? No, no. It uses your budget. Why would I do right. that when a basic will do just fine? <laughs> Exactly. Right. And like, I think this would be interesting when we play all four, because a lot of people play like their land base is a lot of tapped because that is how you build a budget land base. So I'd be interested to see, like, does this actually help us like move faster? So oh, I got that there. I'm interested in that. The the curve is insane. 2.44 knocked it out yeah. of the park there. And again, you know, it's all twos and threes and some four like two fours and a five you know what i mean so mm -hmm. also unsurprisingly one mythic 14 uncommons 51 commons i don't think we're gonna see a lot of rares here um and just nope. has like i i think it's i think it ended up being like i don't know i'm i'm really excited to play on when we stream for spoiler on the 11th of july the week after yep. independence day we'll be featuring four of these decks yeah and i think the last thing you know it, to talk about budget guys so right now, TCG player for the entire deck is like, hey, you could pr minus the basic lands because I did kind of cheat by doing yep. snow covered. Um, it's like, Oil hey, you can build this deck for like two dollars to two fifty. But then literally, if you go and you're like, give me the cheapest version of every card, I don't care heavy plate or not. I think the deck actually ended up being about it was initially like seventy cents, seventy eight cents. I think it might be like up to ninety six cents now because I think some cards have quote-unquote gone up in price meaning from a oh, penny yeah. to two pennies <laughs> that someone someone's tracking the someone's tracking the sales on tcg player and they got you they're like oh no he's done them twice there's two of these cards sold <laughs> straight through <laughs> straight through the roof all right well let's get into this guys and before we start with the grain section we would really really appreciate it if you enjoy our content especially now that we're doing this live broadcasting on twitch for all of our podcast episodes as soon as we have our little overlays uh developed by our amazing artists uh go to our patreon patreon.com cmd tower uh we have five or four different tiers really anything you guys could do would be a massive massive help uh part of that money goes to helping tuck and i go to magic events uh travel across the country so that way we can hang out with you guys play games with you guys i know we're gonna be doing magic 30 in vegas we're doing magic 30 in charlotte uh this also allows us to do i think we're gonna do a little uh 
hide and seek hunting game in Vegas. Oh. Go hide some CMD Tower merchandise around uh, the, the city and see if you guys can go find it. Uh, I think Gavin did that. You know, I think we're a little bit more popular than him. So I think we'll get a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. We're going to have way, more, way more engagement with that. But, you know, anything you guys could do, seriously, it starts at a buck, goes to five, fifteen, twenty-five, and there are a bunch of rewards in it for you guys, whether it's actual merch or abilities to be on our stream, which uh, you guys will have saw it this last Monday. Uh, we had right. Zach, one of our great, long, long-standing Patreons, actually stream with Bosch and Roll and Big Tuck and another guest on our uh, Twitch channel. So lots of opportunities. Anything you could do would be great. I also now, love how now we have to play two. We have to play like two temporalities, right? Because we're talking, we're recording this now, but we also have to think about when this comes out. So love it. <laughs> so it Tuck, let's start with the grains. How do you want to do this? Do you want me to start, or do you want to start? Oh, this is I. Under, I understand this as this is my deck, right? So I think I start on this. Hey, hey, all, all, all you, man. Uh, this just allows I, me, if you try to match up on some of my cards, I can maybe switch them. You can swap them out. Okay. So I want to start off first. This is maybe the best two drop, two cent card in the deck. And if this was a format, I think this is pretty much going to have to be like a, a standard, right? If not a staple. Is this an artifact by chance? It might be an artifact creature. Oh, no. Nope. Okay. Campus guide. And the funny part is these are, we're talking about like blowout cards. The funny part is, is like these cards are stone cold, unplayable uh, any other way. Right. But for me, two yep. colorless get you an artifact creature golem. That's a two, one, two cents from Strixhaven. When it enters the battlefield, may search a library for a basic land card, reveal it, then shuffle and put that card on top. I think anything that's going to tutor, that's going to help you set up for later turns. Um, that's going to give you a shuffle effect. Any sort of deck thinning is going to be so critical. Cause like, all the draw spells that are good and efficient cost like 50 cents, which is unplayable, <laughs> right? So I think cards like this that get you that value help do your mana fixing, even if it is a little slow. We're not going to be playing any top deck manipulation in this deck yeah. or in any of these decks, right? So it's like the difference to hand to the top of the library is much more meaningless in this sort of format. And the thing I like about it is, you know, turns like one through four, this is a slam dunk. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. I get so a good. land. But beyond turn five, I think some people are like, well, I don't want to have my next turn's draw be a land. Guys, it's a May right. effect. This still has yes, a purpose because it's a golem, so you can mutate on top of it. So even late game, right. this is a body for Space, uh, Space Godzilla. And something we didn't really talk about, Tuck, the importance of having as many mutate options for Space Godzilla, it's because I looked at this as, oh, mutate from the graveyard gets around command tax. Right, as many exactly. ways as we can avoid extra mana costs in this budget deck, the better. And, you know, this serves a purpose early game for ramp and late game for bash and face. So great card. Absolutely. Absolutely. All, All right. right. What do you got for your number one? So my number one, I think this card is the best card in the deck. Um, it's a pity. And this, and this is an, oh, ooh, okay. It's a penny card. Um, and the reason I like it is because in this dollar world that we're living in, <laughs> it accomplishes the same thing no matter which way you shake it. Rift Sower. Oh, yes, yes. This was an interesting so, one. Two colorless green creature elf druid. It's a common. It's a one three. Like I said, guys, for a penny. And it taps to add one mana of any color. You'd maybe ask, oh, okay, I get it. The cards are overcosted. So we get it, Mr. Combo. 
But no, guys. Suspend two for a single green. So whether you paid three mana yeah. on turn three for it, or one mana turn one, turn three, you're getting this card. Or turn four, you're getting to be able to do this right. card. And now you got a mana rock on a body, once again, that you can mutate on if at a later time exactly. you don't need the mana. you got to target for Space Godzilla. I think this is a very smart card for this type of restrictive build. Hunters, but especially for a penny, right? Like, this yeah. card is way better than Campus Guide, which is double the price, if you will. Uh, and the, all all of the, like, I was looking in, like, any ramp card that's under, that's a colorless and something else is, like, 30 cents, right? Unplayable. Yep. Stone Cold unplayable on any of these decks. Yep, absolutely. All right, Tuck, give us your next grain. So, um, this is another one that is also... I think this is a another slam dunk for the ramp package, which you, again, may or may not need. This one also made it into your deck, Mr. Combo. This is a straight artifact that is just gas in here. It costs three cents, and it's from Kamigawa. Oh, yeah, it is. Three, three two, one. Ecologist Terrarium. Ecologist Terrarium. It's like, a, like, this is a staple. This is a $1 oh, yeah. deck staple, right? There's no yep. way. Two colorless for an artifact. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. And then also, it has another ability, Mr. Combo, take yep. it away. Uh, two colorless tap, sack the terrarium, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature, but you could only do this as a sorcery. And people are going to say, oh, but it goes to the hand. It's not real ramp. Well, guess what, ding-dongs? It's three cents. This is as good as ramp as you can get, right? Deck thinning, get the shuffle, plays out something for later. You don't have the, we don't have the card space to be drawing cards to be like, I need to get another land, right? So like yep. one to the hand is so much better than just chancing off a draw, right? Well, and, and I think we just need to rephrase it, Tuck. We're not ramping. We're smoothing out sure. our land drops. Yes. So, you know, th this is a great, because you're not ever going to really ramp in a dollar right. budget deck. I mean, I, I kind of got around it with my, my Rift Sower, and, you know, there's a couple others that actually do tap to bring additional mana, but most of the right. land-specific things do not bring it out to the battlefield. They're always going to be to hand. So think of your dollar deck as not so much I'm trying to ramp, meaning accelerate my land drops beyond the, the one per turn. It's more of I'm always ensuring that I always have a land to play. Exactly. And that plus one, plus one counter tuck. So I've gotten to play this card when I, I did your decks. And I got to play this when I did draft with Duffman in the crew oh, a month ago. Nice. This card claps. It does great because yeah. it's two mana. Let me get a mana to hand. And then at any point, you know, on sorcery speed. Oh, Space Godzilla, you're out. Let's make you a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. Just I think that's like in like all the removal in here is like you deal two damage divided amongst four different targets, right? Or three different mm -hmm. targets. So like that's also instrumental in getting like some of these lower body, lower the powered creatures still alive on the board. Yep. All right. Well, my last one, it's also an artifact equipment. This one's coming in at four pennies, but it's modal. It helps us grain and in the yeast package, but we got it here for the grain. Gilded pinions. Amazing card. It's two so colorless artifact equipment. I've also got to see this card played and it claps. Yeah. Uh, when it ETBs, create a treasure token. So essentially, this thing only costs one mana. Equip right. two. Equip creature has flying. This is amazing. Because the other thing it's that incredible. I've noticed, Tuck, with a dollar deck, as much as you can 
kind of chestnut away mana for later turns, right. the better. So treasures are worth their weight in gold. Yes. Because then it's yes. like, oh my gosh, I drew this eight drop. Well, I know it's not in this deck, but oh gosh, I, you right. know, Space Godzilla. Oh man, I can now get Space Godzilla out on turn four instead of just this being a land to hand and then I'm still waiting till turn five. So this card's amazing right. and the flying is just extra bonus. Yeah, it's so good. Like, and like, there's so many, that's, that was something that I struggled with. And even looking in the, looking at your deck, Wink, and also in the cuts and ads section here, there's so little, like most of the evasion in this is like a one-time use, right? Like in this price mm -hmm. range. So just having something that's repeatable and kind of replaces itself is so, it's like bonkers, right? This yep. is just another staple in this price range. <laughs> it's so stupid. Right. I will say though, four pennies. I mean, it's 4% of our budget. <laughs> And I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I do I think too. it's worth every I'd say this, Tuck, if it was play it for three, equip for three, and the same effects, that's where it's like, uh, I don't know at four pennies if it's worth that amount of the budget. But the fact that it's two, two, and you net a mana, and you right. net flying, it's like, all right. Well, yeah, hey, it's really, why, really why don't good. you take us home with the rest of your grain section? So I think combat is going to be king here. And oh, specifically, yeah. I think it's going to be commander combat because you can choose whatever commander you want. And I just think that everyone's going to be gunning for blashing people as fast as they can with their commanders because I'm not really sure else you win in this range, right? It just so happens to be that way. So in my opinion, being able to being able to distract another commander and get something off of it is really strong. So psychic impetus, I was shocked when that was a sense, right? One mm -hmm. sense. Um, two colorless and a blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchant creature gets plus two, plus two, and is goaded, meaning it attacks each combat of Fable, attacks a player other than you of Fable. And then wherever it attacks, you scry two, right? We talked a lot about things that go to the top of the, like, this is a good counter counterpiece to the campus guide, right? Late game, yep. you play the campus guide, you even search for it because you're like, okay, worst case scenario, I need the land, but maybe there's something better that's going to come around and attack. So this sort of filtering is going to be critical in a deck like this. So, and worst case scenario, which you never want to do, you can always just put it on Space Godzilla if it's down to you and one more, one more player. And then now he's an 8-8. Eight, eight. Makes it a lot scarier than a 6-6, six, six, right? I'll be honest. That's why it's in the deck. To put it on the Space Godzilla? Yep, yep. Yeah. I, I genuinely, like the goaded piece, I would only do... If there was truly a terrifying creature out there that is just like, oh my, yes. I, I can't deal with this. Mainly because this. Yeah. we are doing Voltron and Voltron's very difficult to do. And sure. you have to just keep bashing into someone. So as much as we can buff our Space Godzilla, great. But I loved this in here because, Tuck, if you're not attacking every single turn, you're doing something wrong. And yep. if you yep. can get the Scry 2 every single turn, so you know next turn exactly what you're getting or... Well, thank God I didn't get those two cards. That's just going to help you that much more. Right. I'm kind of surprised Absolutely. you didn't talk about Treasure Trove. That was on the that one was definitely on the list. Um, there's a couple other ones I was shocked, like Yavi Maya Elder being ascent and being able to be playable is unreal. Like yeah. that's another one that's amazing. Um, how your favorite classic Howling Golem for two cents yep. does a lot of work in this deck. So you have to have it. Yeah, you have to have it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the grain section. And before we head over to our next group, uh, we'd love you guys to go check out our Etsy store. Um, if you go to Etsy.com, just type in CMD Tower. You're going to find our amazing store on there with our foil play mats, our different tokens, all the accoutrement that you need to enhance your gaming experience. Once again, just like our great patron community, we use all of those funds, A, to continue to get you guys new merch and stuff that are part of the patron rewards, but also to be able to help us 
do giveaways, do collaborations like we did with Mr. Bevers and their charity stream, giving away a foil playmat. We can only do that if you guys go out and purchase the stuff. Uh, so anything you can do to help, Etsy.com, just type in CMB Tower. Now we're going to head over to that hop section. And Tuck, shake, I'll shake, kick shake, this yeah. off with the whole reason we got snow-covered lands. The only reason. Oh, <laughs> Come on, Ice High Troll. I... <laughs> Come on, no. two colorless green. It's a pity. It's a 2-3 snow creature troll warrior. It's a common snow snow. So guys, basically on certain snow cards, if you're not familiar, instead of showing a mana symbol, they actually show a snow symbol. So it has to come from a snow source. And it states, snow snow. Eyesight troll gets plus two plus oh and gains indestructible until end of turn. Tap it. I like this in the hop section because we're going to throw Space Godzilla on top of this guy. And yeah. now we kind of have a pseudo, uh, we get 50% um, heroic intervention for two mana on each turn. Right. And in yeah, theory, and I... Space Godzilla would have already attacked, so he would have been tapped anyways. It's not like you're saving it for a blocker. Yeah. So it's like, who really cares? But then you can even do it the flip side. Oh, I got trample on my commander. I might be able to just kill you. I'll dump eight mana, give him plus eight. And let's see what happens. I read this. The first time I read this, it was like, okay, this card's out. And then I actually thought about it more. I was like, wait a minute. You slap. Yeah. And then I went through that exact same process, right? Of like, actually, yep. this card's really good. Arguably a, a yeast card, I would say almost, right? Like, yeah. So he, here was my thought. In the games that I played, Tuck, not to cut you off, I never got to mm. like 10, 12, 15 lands. That, that just never oh, happened. Oh, really? Yeah. So to me, it, that's more of the modal upside of the card the upside is it could be a yeast card but at its core the reason we have it here is just to protect space godzilla since we can't afford sure. lightning greaves or swift boots absolutely no i like it, it's it's a card that takes it takes you a second to think through i do think it's silly that I, it's not silly it's just funny that this is one card and then now all, all the lands have to be snow covered just in case so you know it, well it's, hey it, now it's you have all these foil snow lands you didn't have i know right so when i immediately i'd be like what am i gonna do take this deck apart like strip it for pieces <laughs> you better i'm not. definitely taking it to, i'm taking it to vegas i can tell you that much oh yeah there we go all yeah. right tuck give us your first hop card so removal is the hardest hardest thing to find in this like even in the colors yep. i was playing in it's like even your precious murder is three cents right that's what I know. a third it's like, I, cause I know I was waiting for you to slam that in here. Right. And you kind of did in a different sense, which I like eh. a lot the, the way you went with, but the fact that there's a, a spell that you could do at instant speed, that's green. That also buffs up your commander is insane. Like, and the, that card is bump it a bum ancient animus. This card is an oh. all-star in here. This might be like top five in my opinion, right? So colorless and a green for an instant. Put a 1-1 counter on target creature control. If it's legendary, spoiler, it will be. Then it fights target creature and opponent's controls. Just the mere fact that space BioCourt Space Godzilla is a 6-6 is insane. Like, I don't think I've seen another card in all of my looking through that is anywhere close to that. Maybe like a 4-4 flyer for eight or something like that. Yeah. So for me, this is like this is like the perfect way, right? You remove the top threat, you build up your boy, and then now that's one less threat they have to worry about, right? This is like the premier creature removal I think I've seen in all the research I've done on this. Uh, hey, Tuck, you, you want to take a guess at something? This card claps. I've played it multiple this? times. No, okay, I was gonna say I was just gonna ask. Like it has to no, be good, the, right? It, 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 it works great. 
And I think, guys, you know, we keep you keep seeing these like, oh, put a single plus one plus one counter on target creature. Uh, right. And yes, we have to do that because it's budget. But I think there's some there's some importance to that. Just one plus one counter on uh, Space Godzilla takes it from a four turn clock to a three turn clock on exactly. killing your opponents. Just getting him to seven power is so huge. And mm-hmm. I love this card because I'll actually do this on my turn and then like, oh, like got that blocker let's go ahead and fight i'll go ahead and kill it sure. and then i'll come in for the damage that i need to uh it's absolutely amazing and what's funny Tuck, it's like a th- i actually had this on my list but then i forgot i was like oh ice hide troll i have to talk about that so i actually <laughs> replaced it with ice hide so it worked out perfect nice perfect <gasps> all right, right what's your second uh, one uh it's the uh the murder that the murder replacement uh oh, we're, sure, we're going yeah. reckless spite oh that oh that one there's two you got two you two oh oh i was just looking at that one uh because this This one was on my list this was on my list this is my this one was on my list to talk about as well oh it was yeah it was this card's insane oh okay uh colorless black black instant it's a common for two pennies destroy two target non-black creatures but tuck what is the pittance you must pay for that you gotta pay your five life for it right which is (laughs) Does it matter Who in this cares? format? I don't think it does. No. Right? <laughs> like, you're gonna be think about like, it. People though. are gonna be coming Especially with two one one. Get a, yeah, two creatures gone for five life. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's insane. Um, this one's really strong. Uh, I thought this was a very there was a time and place when this was being printed in commander precons where I was like, this is actually kind of playable. But the problem is like when you have things like Heroes Downfall for forty cents, it this looks a lot less appealing. But in this thing where it's like two cents for a two for one, sure, I don't care. <laughs> five five life, that doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to be ahead yep. anyway. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, so, some people might say the whole non-black thing. I, I Oh, well. <laughs> if it's like the creatures you need to get rid of are black, that's just, the, it, you're in a budget deck, get over it. What are you going to do, right? Like, someone else yeah. someone else will deal with them. If they're, if they're truly a threat, someone else at the table will deal with them, right? Because they yeah. sure as shit know that you are not going to be able to do it. <laughs> well, why don't you give us your last hop card? Okay, so my last hop card is... Wait, no, I got two more. I thought you just... Oh, wait, what? I did Ancient Animist, and then this yeah, one I thought was you going said, to be on... It was going to be I on my list. I thought you said Reckless was on, on it. No, oh, no, no, no. I I, it was... It was on my mental list, and then I switched it for something else, uh, which I think is even better, which we'll get to. But this one is, we talked about we're having to replace cards for one for the other. I don't think this is a bad replacement, and I think in the right deck, this card is actually really good for a sense. Uh, it's it's one of the few enchantment auras we have in here, right? Um, Mm. And that one is Shielding Plaques. So two colorless or sorry, a Simic hybrid that's blue-green for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature, when it enters the battlefield, draw a card, which is in, in itself insane for a cent. Yeah. And then also enchanted creature can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. So effectively gives it hexproof, which I don't know why they didn't just say hexproof, but what do I know, <laughs> right? I don't design this card. So for me, this is another just like staple in this sort of build, right? For a cent, it replaces itself and is going to, it's going to, take away the chance for someone to cast one of the three pieces of removal they have to get rid of the commander, which is going to be the biggest threat at the table, full stop. Yep, I, you said everything perfect. I like that it replaces itself. It gets us card draw in our budget, kind yeah, of. Card, card uh, draw. I mean, card replacement. 
um, yeah. and the protection for our commander, but still allowing us to use mutate because maybe you have shielding plaques right. on your howling golem, and then you can still mutate on top of it. Slap so on top I, of I think it. it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does a lot of really good things. All right. My final one is the most overprinted bulk card that they slam into as many products as possible, but it's probably one of the best budget universal removal cards in existence. Universal Solvent. Oh, God. (laughs) This card. You have to have this in here. Colorless artifact (laughs) for a penny. Seven mana. It's a lot. Tap, sack it, destroy target permanent. Yeah. It gives you one of your few ways to deal with anything. Got a troublesome planeswalker? God, that would suck. But uh, hey, you got an answer. Um, You got a troublesome enchantment. We have some enchantment removal, but you can get rid of it. The land, you can get rid of it. It just, this fills a lot of slots. It is overcosted, but damn, it does a a good job. I'm... I'm gonna be so interested to see what these are what these are like against each other, right? Because I didn't even think about planeswalkers. Like I don't like I I think I built mine. Uh, the one I built for you is in the dollar deck meta, right? And I was like, okay, we probably don't need to worry about too many planeswalkers. There's probably not gonna be a lot of rustic studies we need to worry about as well. But still, like it's kind of the same equivalent, in my opinion, is like you have to have a Nebs disc or an O Stone in decks that don't have big board wipe options, right? Yeah. Like to to deal with like like a mono black deck doesn't have a ton of ways to deal with enchantments and planeswalkers and so on and so forth. So I think that's like this economy's version of it. Yeah, and if you think about it though, you might not you you'll probably play this against I would say this could compete with pre-con level decks, maybe slightly oh, yeah. upgraded. Um, and so you're going to come across planeswalkers and shit you can't deal with. So this at least gives you a single out if someone has shut it down or or right for all, you know, maybe you got dark steel mutation and it's like, okay, what do I do now? At least you have something to deal with it. Absolutely. All right, Tuck, bring us home. What's your final hop? I drafted so many versions of this card at command at Baldur's gate pre-releases. And I think this card is a severely slept on card in any format. And that one is Run Away Together. This card ah. is really, really good. One colorless and a blue for an instant. Choose two target creatures controlled by different players. Return those creatures to their owner's hands. You, efficiency. It's a two for one, right? The only downside is, well, you can't do two, two creatures that people control. Okay, fair point, I suppose. But you can if someone's attacking someone else, okay, I'm going to bounce your another strong creature you have and remove a troublesome blocker for someone else, right? And on top of that, this is like a great protection spell, right? Someone's about to murder or whatever Space Courts Godzilla. Be like, all right, well, because of that, I'm going to keep my commander so I don't have to recast him out of the command zone, and you're going to lose your commander as well. So, like, in my opinion, it cuts it cuts across like any situation in the hop category that we'd be looking for. And Tuck, something not to sleep on. I'm 90% sure run away together in the way mutate works. If you bounce Space Courts and it's mutated onto something, you get the mutated card as well back to hand. Oh, the whole yeah, I think you're right. It's coming with you. The only thing that wouldn't come would be obviously your equipments, your auras, that type of stuff's just going to fall off. Right. But yeah, because it's looked at as one creature. So it's, anything yeah, exactly. that it's mutated so, onto, you're going to get that back as well. So it kind of actually does a two for one protection for you, or I guess a three for right. one protects two of your creatures and gets rid of a, a an opponent's potentially. Um, so yeah, this thing is awesome. Three pennies. I struggled, but I was like, instant speed, two mana. I think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's insanely strong. I think, I mean, would you play this in normal? Probably not. Really? Yeah. 
Okay. I, 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 got, I, got, I, got, I got better, more expensive ways to deal with stuff. Cyclonic Rift for two mana, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's there a two you mana go. card. <laughs> well, guys, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. And before we head over to our fun win now section, uh, we would love you guys to go check out abyssproxyshop.com. If you guys could use code CMD Tower, we'd really appreciate it. It'll actually get you 10% off your order. Plus, they do help the channel out with giveaways. Like, I'm actually got sitting in front of me uh, the aforementioned murder. Uh, we're going to be giving oh, all of yes, these away on our July 11th stream. And they even did some cool CMD Tower backs for us. So, um, nice. Anything you could do would be great. Uh, if you're looking for playtests or proxies of your expensive cards, we always operate here at CMD Tower off of the Magic Online mindset. If you own a single copy oh. of the card, you can run it in as many card decks as you want. So go get a 3 to $5 proxy for your $20 Ristic Study or your sure. $40 Scalding Tarn. Just go pay or 3 4 four bucks. Or, or, or your $400 Taiga. Yeah, there you whatever, go. Whatever it so, is. Abyssproxyshop.com, code CMD Tower. Now we're going to head over to how this deck clap claps and wins with yeast. Okay. Tuck, I think this is going to be you, and I'm going to be so curious what you pick. I think there's two oh. that are insane. I think that there's one that I like, and it was just shocked that it's so cheap. Okay. And that one, I'm going to start with that one, which is this is a card that we have talked about multiple times. I think we ended up cutting it quite a bit for better options. But to me, this is the one of the few swords you can actually afford in this build. Yeah. And that one we are talking about, our boy Hero's Blade. Insane that this is a sense. Two colorless for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus three, plus two. Whenever a legendary creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may attach Hero's Blade to it and then equip four. I mean, what more do you want, right? Like, Mm-hmm. Talking about talking about clocks and counters and that sort of thing. So if you get two counters on on Space Godzilla, which is absolutely possible, um, you get so it's a two turn clock there, right? He's gonna get killed. No one's gonna blow this up. You could bring it back in. Uh, you mutate him off. I don't think this card is kind of insane. Now I'm yeah. trying. I, I'm trying to figure out the price for it. Is this the most expensive one at five cents? So uh, it's it's. So it's really hard because I actually did do a little screenshot, send it over to Tuck, like, hey, at the time, here's what the Sedet costs. Yep. Now, if you go to uh, TCG Player, the cheapest copy is $0.10. Cents. Oh. Um, so it's, something's causing it to actually go up in price. I mean, we're talking pennies here, but still. Right. Um, so, <laughs> I <love> yeah. <laughs> I, I used to go up in price. was like, oh, my God, that's $15 more than I paid for it. Now it's it's four cents. It's four cents more. This card's unplayable. I can't afford it. Yeah. Uh. So, but th- this card is such yeah a amazing card in this deck because technically Space Godzilla does enter the battlefield with mutate. Hero's Blade. You will never pay that equip cost. It is always attaching yeah. for free. So two mana to always give your commander plus three plus two is almost like an anthem effect. That's brilliant. Right. It's yeah, it's it's awesome. Like the equip cost of four is like okay, whatever. But that's why this card costs five cents, right? Yeah, or whatever right. it ends up being. So I think this is probably one of the best cards in the deck because it's always going to give your commander plus five, plus five at a minimum. Wait, it's an instant speed green card from Neon Dynasty. Three pities, three, two, one, boon, boon of you. Oh man, Walker. colorless greed, instant, and this will boom your opponents. Yes. Target creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the greatest mana value among permanents you control. 
untap it. Woof. Woof. <laughs> it's unreal. Anna Ray has trample. It's an instant yep. speed. So, like, I think if this was, like, a, the unbudget version of this, you would want to run, like, Berserk, um, some yep. of those other cards that are, like, those big... But, like, for three cents or whatever, this just... It's, like, effectively the same thing, right? It goes to doubles yep. his power, untaps him for the blocker. No one's getting through that, right? <laughs> like, it's blockers. It's so strong. Like, I think yep. this one... I, is this a, is this playable? Not I really, think this is right? Uh, no, it's playable because it doesn't actually care about the mana value of the permanent it's going to. It just cares oh, about sure. mana permanence of you control. So, I mean, you could think about it. Oh, yeah, you might be doing a go wide deck, but, you know, Darksteel Forge is in the deck. That's nine mana. Right. You're giving the plus nine, plus nine for two? That's stupid. One oh card, one oh deck, this would actually be sneaky good, and I think. Kalamax. Oh, because you can because you can double it immediately, right? It's like your and then, third you, or then, then, then you untap Calamax with uh, Boon of Besaju's ability, so you can start doing his thing more. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, right. I think I kind of like it. I think I kind of like it. It's like I, I like, it. I like it. All right, <laughs> Tuck, you got two left. Give us one of the, or you got oh, one I've, left. I've, Give I've us one your last left. one. This is another one where I think this I think this illus- this card illustrates how good a card we already discussed is. Just in the fact that it's a repeatable evasion effect. Now, you do have to worry about those people who are running all those budget bird removal spells because it's really got to put them right in their place. But I think Raven's Wing, again, is insane. Two colorless yeah. for an artifact equipment. Equipped creature goes plus one, plus zero, has flying, and is a bird in addition to its other types. Equipped two. It's the same. Like, this, this is what I don't know if you noticed this, but. In my research into this, there are so many cards that are just literally reprints, right? With a different name. And then when mm-hmm. I was looking at yours, I think I came across four red spells that all did the exact same thing with different names. Four. No difference <laughs> yeah. except for that. But I think in this format where we have no tutors, we have no way to filter outside of like maybe lands, basic lands at that. Yeah. Um, and like who knows about removal? We'll see. Just being able to have these repeatable effects that you're going to be able to draw into over and over again is so valuable, right? And again, the plus one plus zero, in my opinion, not negligible. Three turn here. clock. Three turn clock. Done immediately, right? With evasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's just insane. I, I think the I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think the build that I've done is about the best you can do from a dollar budget restriction with Voltron in mind. I don't yes. think I would like this if you're like going wide or even maybe going tall. Like you're probably trying to get other cheaper overcosted creatures in to be able to accomplish that, but we are only really trying to win with Space Godzilla. So it's like, okay, I need to be able to give this guy evasion and make it to a 7 as often as I can. Now, do you? I haven't seen Mark. I haven't seen Rocketing Moss's build uh, of any of his dollar decks. Do he? Are his very much like commander focused, like attacking with commanders, like not necessarily Voltron, but like the no. commanders, like the the cornerstone. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not the cornerstone, but I wouldn't say that if you remove his commander a couple times, he's like, well, I'm just done. Like he doesn't ever do that. Um, sure, his dollar his dollar decks are really good. <laughs> They're really really, really? Good. yeah. There's only I that see that just blows my mind because like again researching this there's so few options. Tuck, right? I won with his dollar deck when I went over to play on Juneteenth. Really? He gave me his. I think he had a mono white dollar deck. It's like that uncommon. I think it's like a human knight. Um, 
I can't remember its effects um, specifically, so I'm doing a terrible job of describing this. But uh, yeah, I, I won. I actually went undefeated that day. You know, a little nudge for myself. But uh, yeah, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, people like we're not saying dollar decks are so good that they can go against like highly tuned decks. Like, no, like that's that's not what we're trying to say. I just think right. when you do the dollar deck challenge, Tuck, it forces you as a deck builder to not be lazy. And just go, okay, mm-hmm. what are my bases for this deck? Soul Ring, Mana Crit, Ancient Tomb, Ristic Study, Cyclonic Rift, Counterspell, Force of Will, right, Negation, right, right. Force of Negation. Okay, I already got 10% of my deck done, and I don't even care about my strategy. This, it forces you, I have to look over every single card, make sure is your pennies yep. worth it for this? Are you going to be impactful enough? And I think it's actually caused us to be deeper deck builders because everything right. is so critical versus when you really don't worry about your budget or you just have it laying around. It's like, oh, yeah, I'll just slap that in there because it's just good value. And on top of that, I think another point to that is I, I texted uh, Mr. Combo with this earlier. I was like, I have to cut this seven cent card just to free up room to make 64 cards in the deck. Right. Like, yep, it's it's insane. It's such a it's such a weird paradigm. And I'm not I'm not sure if I like it. Well, but my brain, uh, let's talk about framework. You got two. I got two left. And this one actually has one of your new favorite mechanics. Uh, this guy, because we're only ever swinging with Space Godzilla. So it's always going to be unblockable. Security bypass. Slam oh, sure, dunk yeah. in this deck. Colorless blue, four cents, enchant creature. Or it's probably a penny on TCG player for all I know. Um, right. It's an enchantment. As long as enchanted creature is attacking alone, it can't be blocked. Massive. And then Enchanted yeah. Creature has, so whenever good. this creature deals combat damage to a player, it connives. So its controller draws a card, then discards a card. If they discarded the non-land card, they can put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature. So this connives a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, if you think about it, we, we talked earlier about Gilded Pinions kind of being like, okay, well, this is a grain card, but it could also be a yeast card later. Because right. it's like, okay, we get the treasure, but it gives it flying. This is the perfect mirror of that. This is really right. a yeast card, but there is a sense of grain to it because you do get to draw cards and kind of filter through right. your deck. Oh, sorry. I thought you were taking a breath. I was rereading this. Yeah, the only thing, the, the thing I don't like about it, Connive, is this card's great. Don't get me wrong. Um, I hate that it's like stipulated on a non-land card, like it intentionally forces you to have to make a decision where it's like, sure. I think if it was better, I think there's some other way where you could be like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't well, work at It's a good thing. There's some stuff in the spice package that can kind of get around that. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, but yeah, bum, security bum, bum. bypass is awesome. I just checked and it is, it, inflation strikes again. It's five cents now. Jesus. But that's well, so good. good but it's, like I... another, it's another cornerstone, right? Like it's another cornerstone yeah. to this deck. All right, guys, my last yeast card is Knoll Hunter. Colorless green, 2-2, creature Knoll. And this guy is maybe one of the all-stars of the deck. Mm -hmm. It has pack tactics. Whenever Knoll Hunter attacks, if you attack with creatures with total power 6 or greater this combat, FYI, Space Godzilla is automatically a 6-6, so it automatically happens. For those playing the home game. And you get to put a plus one, plus one counter on the creature. So once again... Just doing the what we're gonna do. You got a seven seven. People are on three turn clocks. Yeah, yeah, it's really strong. Um, I think it's good on its own. I one. I'm wondering in the in the games that you played, did you ever just like swing in with creatures, or did you just wait until you could space Godzilla them on? 
Oh, well, you know, I mean, there were times like early game where people were open and yeah, you know, I'd go get, get a taste for a few points of Just damage for a taste or... for God's sakes. That's all we're asking. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, for the most part, it was get space Godzilla out, threaten the board, maybe get someone three quarters of the way to command damage. They remove it. I immediately mutated out of the graveyard onto another creature and kind of continue the path. And then I would use my instant speed interaction to either protect him or just buff him up more to kill people. Yeah. And I mean, that's honestly how I won the game. I, I am excited to play this deck, man. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to yet. Well, guys, that's going to wrap up the East package. Now we're going to head over to our second to final category in the spice. We only had five options stuck. And you know which one I'm going with, because this guy I think is I already an know. all-star. <laughs> We're talking about stuffed bear, because stuffy dolls too expensive. Stuffed bear. I can't. I can't believe. Like I knew as soon as I read this, I was like, oh, I know what he's talking about. I might as well pick something else. Guys, do not sleep Fuckers. on stuffed bear. It's a penny. Only if you're playing Cost- pennies. <laughs> <laughs> Two colorless artifacts. Activated ability. Two colorless, stuffed bear becomes a 4-4 green bear artifact creature until end of turn. I was able to kill, uh, sneak, activate this, and kill Bruce Tarl when Duff swung at me. He forgot that I had stuffed bear. Yeah, went ahead and did that. I mean, I kind of look at stuffed bear as like a a poor man's version of Mirage's Mirror. Mirage Mirror, usually there's a little bit more versatility, but a lot of times it's like, hey, sneak a creature, can block, do something. So I love that. And then, guys, the cool thing about Mutate is I can activate Stuff Bear for two. We can Mutate Space Godzilla on top. Oh, sure. And then at end of turn, when it's no longer a creature, it doesn't matter. Still stays mutated. We still stay good to go. So this guy, it's in Spice because its only purpose is a body for Space Godzilla to go into. It gets no additional evasion. It gets no perks. It's just a body. One of what's really interesting that I'm noticing, especially in my look, I have probably, in the build I have for you now, I would say a quarter at least, or maybe more, is from Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, the same set this is out of. Like oh, they're, co- I guess their, their, comments, their common spreads must be really strong, or, I, I mean, I can't, look, you and I have talked at length about how we can predict cards being more expensive or not, but you cannot predict commons being good or expensive or anything, right? It's freaking impossible. Nope. But I just yep. feel like that for some reason the commons out of Adventures from Forgotten Realms have been like bangers. We'll get into hmm. a bunch of them next week. Spoiler alert for everyone paying, playing the home game. Uh, but yes, I I only I I can only hope and pray that I get to cast this card and it does something. And perhaps I might just mulligan until I find it. Well, and if you're ever in a game with the goad or commander cookout, you have to be like, and I'm gonna play stuffed bear. What did you wait? Did you just, play with them online? With Commander no, Cookout? I, I mean, I, I played. I played with the Goad, but I know that they're huge on Stuffy Doll and Brash Tainer oh, and all that oh, kind of stuff. Oh, they love yes, those yes, yes. Tame Puncher, Stuffed Bear. It's a bear. All right. Wow. We got four other options. Let, let me see. Let me guess. You went with the Defender. Yeah, of course. Larger Zombie. It's yep. it's the only thing that makes sense in this, right? So Larger Zombie color or sorry, one blue for a creature zombie. That's a one three with Defender. You can tap three untapped creatures to control. Look at the top card library. You may put it into your graveyard. So for me, this is just like, I got nothing else to do, right? Like this is effectively, this is effectively the Sensei's divining top of this deck outside of outside of the impetus. Like mm-hmm. you have so many low level creatures. You have so many two drops, so many things that you're just waiting to mutate. And I guarantee there's going to be games where you're just sitting there with 
three creatures and you have nothing else to do, right? Like no one attacked you because they knew it was a fail as Aaron, or you knew that if they attacked you, your entire board would be gone and BioCourt Space Godzilla's toast. So you might as well get something out of it, right? There's not a whole ton of graveyard shenanigans in this deck because that's not the deck that we're playing. Uh, but I do think that this just gives you something to do while you're waiting around trying to get up to six mana, right? Yeah, see, I like the reason I put the card in the deck because you guys will see that it is non-synergistic with Space Godzilla because it has a defender. Stack so then up, yeah. It, yeah, that you just wouldn't be able to do anything. Here was my thought. It's a penny, first off. Uh, sorry. It's a single blue, so you can play it turn one, and now you got a 1-3 blocker. You know, blockers mm -hmm. early is critical in these budget builds because everyone's in the red zone uh, with their itty-bitty creature. So a 1-3 is going to deter a lot. And uh, it's the budget way to do it. Okay, end of your turn before my turn. I guess I'll pay two colorless, activate stuffed bear, tap it, larder zombie, and something else, and just yep. look at the top card and, and maybe put it in the graveyard. Um, sometimes you just, you need that. You need, you need... Just like Treasure Trove we talked about earlier, um, or I mentioned it, it has an activated ability, it's an enchantment, two colorless blue-blue draw card. S sometimes you just need these cards in decks where it's like, I got nothing to do, let me just go ahead and spend all my resources into this. And that's just how I kind of look at the larder zombie. Yeah, I, I just think it's like, the only thing I think is stupid on this is like, why didn't they just say it was Surveil? Like, it could have just been Surveil, oh. right? Like, oh, tap on tap creatures you control, Surveil. Surveil, surveil 1. Right. Yeah. Um. Because then, then you could run uh disinformation campaign or whatever. The surveil matters. Rig and roll bouncing mm. back to your hand. Gotcha. All right, guys. Well, that's gonna wrap up the spice package. Now we're gonna head over to the bottle capping. And Tuck, I, I'm curious. You get to cut three cards and add three cards. I didn't really tell you too much of a budget. I think I might have mentioned like penny, two pennies, three pennies, something like that. I th um, I think all of my choices are under a penny. I think I'm cutting a penny well, for a penny or maybe two pennies for another one. Okay. I was about to say, I don't think anything could be under a penny. I don't think we've gotten into half <laughs> cents yet. It's impossible. Um, but why don't you start it? What's the first card you're going to yeah. cut? And then what's the first card you want to add? So I think I see what you're doing with this one, but I think we can do better because I'm all in on the BioCourt Space Godzilla plan, right? Um, I'm all into that commander damage like we were talking about. So I'm going to cut Night Market Guard. So three colorless ah. for an artifact creature construct that's a 3-1, uh, and it can block an additional creature each combat. I think this is a really good way to like kind of stall out the game in the early part of it, but I don't know how often we're going to have BioCourt's Space Godzilla untapped and on this thing at once, so it just seemed like it wasn't the most synergistic card in the deck. Now I understand. Totally fair. Believe me. That you have to put sense into this, right? So that was just the one that jumped out at me, but... Yeah, the only thing I'll say is I think I only had one way to give him vigilance in the deck. I think that that's kind of what's looking into as well. Like, so yeah, tap, totally makes thing. sense. So I am I am kind of non bowing with it, but I found this card again from Adventures of Forgotten Realms for a penny. The Night Market Guard was around three for a penny. Bull strength, really solid one in here. Colorless and a green for an instant. Target creature gets plus two, plus two, and gains trample until end of turn, and then untap it, right? So the trample mm. for me doesn't matter as much, but just the fact sure. that for two mana, you're bumping them up for the same amount they're putting into it and giving it that sort of vigilance that we're looking for, I think that's why this is really strong. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. Um, and I, I the, the biggest thing here, guys, is when we're kind of like critiquing each other, like I'll be doing critiquing Tux next week, it's sure. like, it, you can't just go into it. You have to remember, oh, right, it's a penny. Like, 
Yes, you there have to find cards that are in <laughs> So it was I, I, it was tough. I guess on its face, you're cool with a one-time burst plus two plus two and untapping Space Godzilla for two. Because the trample, like you said, doesn't matter. So doesn't matter. Yeah. This card's good enough for two mana to just get those two effects in your eyes. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, like with what we're okay. working with, like you said, there's very little vigilance. Um, and with the counters, I mean, it, like you said, if you put one counter on it, two counters on it, I mean, this could turn it into, this could be give it enough commander damage to push through, to knock someone out, and then you still have the biggest creature on the board to block with. That's fair. That's fair. So, well, uh, why don't you give us your next one? So I know why this is in here. It's V-Cute. I think it might be a little bit wor- more than what we're looking for. So that's right. Stone Fair Crocodile. So two colors for a green for a crocodile. That's a three-two. Oh come um, on! Two colors and a black, and it gains life link until end of turn. You, I get I'm it. I'm telling you, you need to gain life. This card's helped save me. Wait, really? I I mean I don't like I said I need a chance to play a deck for me. I don't want to pay another three mana on top of a three mana investment every turn to get life link back. I don't know how else we could do it, but again, it's we. This was very also this was extremely difficult to cut because I like this was one of the hardest ones I'd be going through. I looked at it last night when I got home from the bike ride. I was looking at it today. So I, I was trying the best I can. Right. Fair, fair. But there's one, there's, there is one thing that's conspicuously missing in this deck. Two things really. And one of them's vigilance. And the other one is the best commander mechanic that has ever been printed. And the, the the gods looked down on me and they smiled when they printed Staunch Throne Guard. Five colorless for a 2-5 artifact creature construct with vigilance. And when it enters the battlefield, guess what, baby? You become the monarch. Let's go! It's incredible. <laughs> Turn five, play this. Turn a six, five commander. Are you psycho? That's how much Custody Lich costs. People play that all over the place. It's incredible. You only have two in here. Like, your commander already costs six. This is insane. It's, it's absolutely insane. It draws you a card. We talked about how important that is. Monarch's going to be clutch. Uh, your commander costs five. Um, sure. Hey, you know what? This is Tuck's deck, guys. I, I guess if he just wants to uh, play land pass because the CMC is getting too high. I mean, that's more power to him. I mean, I'm, who am one I five, to say? One five drop is not going to break a 2.4. Actually, I'm it's drawing a th- it. It's not. I'm not like I'm dropping a one drop for this. I'm dropping a three drop that effectively is a six drop because that's how much it costs to activate the ability. You're a madman. But I will say this without the CMC, I don't like that. Um, I like that it's a two five because it could be a blocker. That's just a good blocker on its own. You don't even need Space Godzilla. But then if you do throw a Space Godzilla on there, now you got a Vigilance target. Um, But bare minimum, I guess the Monarch. Look, I guess if you really want to pay. Because we're talking, I feel like okay. Tre- I feel okay, like we could find treasure, a vi- tre- hold. I, I feel like we could find a vigilance creature for less than five mana if you want to do that. So essentially, for like that one also or two draws mana. So you a card. So you're basically paying three mana to just introduce monarch. Done. Is that correct? Well done. Okay. Tre- treasure trove costs eight to draw a card. This costs five and gives you a creature. But then someone could take the monarch. So what? Then you just go take it back when you smash him for 19 with Space but Godzilla. See, or Chuck, one of these soul creatures you have in here. That's the thing. That's not what you want to do because you know how Voltron works. You have to just go at one player. 
If other people right. have your monarch, you can't start divvying your command damage up because then you're never going to progress the game. Yeah, but you're then you have furtive, you have you have furtive homunculus sitting in the spice that's ready to go and take monarch back whenever he wants. No, I actually I wanted I wanted to cut that card, but I was just too lazy and I'd already ordered it because I absolutely forgot that Skulk it can't be blocked by greater power. I thought it was lesser power. So I don't think it's I don't think it's great, but I was just like, well, someone's gonna be playing the monarch, so at least you have a way to go get it whenever you want. And that people's gotta be me. (laughs) All right. Well, what's your final cut and add for this dollar deck? So there's I was kinda on the I was kinda on the back and forth. I know why they're both in here and I like it. But I decide to go with durable coil bug, yeah. Because I think the, the other option, of the two. I, yeah. I think I think the jungle creeper is just better. Um, so durable coil bug is a colorless and a black for a two-two creature insect that has four black. Return it from your graveyard to your hand. So it makes sense to me that yes, hand raise. Uh, why is jungle creeper better? Because it costs one more mana to green, but it costs the same activated ability, five mana to bump it back, but you get a 3-3. Three, three. So in case you have to play it on its own, I'd rather have a 3-3 three, three for one more mana than a 2-2 two, two for two. Because you still have to pay five for the durable coil plug. So, I mean, it's, yeah. one, it's one of the two. So one of them has to go. I like the Jungle Creeper better uh, for the reason that we discussed, right? So I have two cards here. I think they're both a set. But the one I'm more excited about is this one. We're about to shatter the CMC again. But this has got to give us so many options on how to smash people out. It's really stupid. But trust me, I think this is going to work. We're talking Joda's Avenger. Five colors for a blue for a creature shapeshifter 4-4. That is three cents. Zero. Until in a turn, Joda's Avenger gets minus one, minus one. And your choice of double strike, protection from red, vigilance, or shadow. I literally looked at any card that costs three cents or left in these colors to give it double strike, and this was the main one I found. This is what I actually like because you can mutate onto this thing, and now you could give your you could give your creature double strike for nothing. You're already gonna have counters on it. You got the buffs. It's gonna be insane. Shadow unblockable, just in case. By God's sake, someone has something that can block a six six trampler out the gates. That's gonna be a ten ten trampler. Uh, okay, okay, um. I mean, I guess the thing I don't, I don't like the negative one, negative one, because that's just going to sure. be taking long. So the double strike is fine, because then you go from six to ten. So that right. that absolutely makes sense. It's just like in my head, it's like, ooh, I'd really like to do this three times: shadow, vigilance, and double strike. But now it's a three-three, and so it's like he's still only dealing six. And like I guess find unblockable. Me a, find me a better find me a better card to get something shadow or double strike, and I will happily sum it out. This is well. I, I just I, I I don't think you need double strike or shadow. I'm j- just being honest. I think there's enough other ways of evasion um, that you can do. But hey, I mean, look, uh, the the whole reason you know I, I would definitely say before you cut the coil bug, reread the list, find something else because you need multiple ways. To be Basically able to mutate yeah. and durable and jungle creeper, are the only two that you can bring back from the graveyard. So it's that like are, if you get Majukabogged or someone you know gets rid of the jungle creeper, then you're screwed. If uh, sure. Space Godzilla is just sitting in the graveyard, so that would be the only thing I would definitely say reconsider that particular cut. But the ad, it has a it has a lot of upside, but it also has a lot of downswing. So I'll, I'll be so interested gotta- to see if you play it. 
I got another one for you. Um, and this is to give it flying and the only card that I could find that can give it haste. So two colorless and black for uh, deep cavern imp, which is a two, two creature imp rebel for a penny that has flying and haste, but it comes with a little bit of a steepness discard a card for its echo cost. So it's next turn. You have to discard a card, whatever. We'll discard a basic land and then we can play. We do this. We sequence it out perfectly, right? Turn four. We play this, have a mana open, like threatening lightning bolt, or perhaps a bounce spell. Then turn five, discard a card, doesn't matter. Now you slap this onto, your, you slap your boy onto this. Now you have a 6-6 six, six flying haste trampler. Let's go, immediately. Immediately. I am more for this than your Jodas Avenger. This is way better okay. than Jodas Avenger. And once again, I would say reevaluate the list because these, the, the coil bug and the uh, troll, or the Jungle Creeper, they're the reasons I was talking about, like, hey, um, Connives doesn't really matter. Like, just discard mm. one of those guys, and then you can get them back. So it's almost kind of like our budget squee nabob. Um, you know, that Anji yeah, Falcon yeah, yeah. decks kind of use. Sure, yes, um, so Obviously not nearly as good, but <laughs> that would also be like this, it. though. Echo cost, oh, sure. Pitch, you know, Durable Coil Bug or Jungle Creeper. Whatever. I don't care. Whatever, they're there yeah. when I need them later. So um okay okay well uh these were some pretty cool ads um and guys if you really enjoyed this episode we would love a five-star review and a follow a subscribe on our twitch channel or youtube channel whatever podcast platform uh you don't even have to like really watch us just subscribe it just helps uh and if you'd like to get a hold of us um to talk about the deck and kind of uh just exchange the minds here's how you could do that you can get a hold of me on twitter at mr comet number five i'll spell out except for the five be sure you at me uh sometimes people like whether it be in our discord or that they like want to talk but they don't at me and so i don't know and then i just forget and it just goes on forever but big tuck what's your new gimmick and what's your twitter I still don't have a new gimmick. Uh, it's called me trying to get people to host to it's, it's me. It's uh, getting people to guest star on our things. That's my Twitter thing, but you can find me out there at big tuck tweeting. And also for uh, our viewers here, I, I just put our link tree, which has everything that we've talked about this whole episode. Awesome. Uh, you can reach our main account guys at CMD tower on Twitter as well. Usually like our big things, streaming stuff like that. Uh, we're going to broadcast on there. Uh, you can see this deck list and the cards that we talked about, plus the accompanying YouTube videos and everything like that at cmdtower.com slash BNBE one four four. Basically type in ceremonial knife, mercurial transformation, durable coil bug, maybe not anymore tower. Uh, <laughs> And just a quick reminder, guys, you know, we would love it if you could head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower, whatever you can do, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, our Etsy store, etsy.com, just type in cmdtower, you're going to find all of our great swag. I believe they ship globally, um, and they help with the shipping and all of that. So it's a great thing. Please go out. Um, everything we get from both our Patreon and our Etsy uh, sales really goes directly back into the channel, um, especially for uh, Vegas, which is coming up. And then finally, abyssproxyshop.com slash C, or, uh, code CMD Tower. That's where you can get all the amazing playtest cards and stuff that you've seen. You saw the goofy murder earlier. This is the child. 
that we did for Soul Ring. <laughs> um, so they do very, very high quality cards, usually range from like three to five bucks a pop. But with our code CMD Tower, you get 10% off. So um, the last tip I'd give you there, if you type in custom into the search bar, you'll actually find a massive catalog of thousands and thousands of thousands of different playtest and proxy uh, layouts that they've done for people in the community, like myself. You can actually find my uh, Japanese Mystical Archive ones on there. You can find my Game of Thrones ones on there. Nice. Uh, they really do have everything. So, Tuck, I didn't actually say the title of the deck at the beginning, but I'll say it at the end. Space Godzilla forgot his currency conversion. Uh, you know, came in from space, didn't really know that he, he needed understand. to do the whole thing, and all he found was uh, some change at the bus stop. How do you feel about the deck... As a budget deck, as a deck deck, and how long do you think you'll keep this together? Give us a three. I mean, I can't imagine why I would why I would just take it off, right? Like that's my that's my thing. Like I don't know why I would ever dismantle this. Like it's not, yeah. unless I unless I absolutely need a campus guide and I needed to go into some sort of like I don't know some modern event or something like that. I'm gonna keep it around. Uh, now that being said, am I going to play this every week? I'm not convinced, but that being said, I really think this, I think you did, really did a bang up job here. Like, I think you did a lot of great research. I think this is going to be really fun to play. Um, and it was very inspirational and in helping trying to find like cards that are grain cards that are really hard to find in this price range, that sort of thing. So yeah. I think, I think it's a really solid deck. Like I'm looking forward to this stream more so than I thought. Um, I'm kind of rethinking the deck that I built you, so I might need to I might need to pivot over the weekend because it's like I don't know. Well, I don't got, forget, I got, man. Yeah. I got to get the deck next week, so I have it. Or I guess we have. Oh no, we got two weeks. Okay, okay. I need to or I, I need to order it next week. Is the plan? Yes. So that's 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 the stated. That's my statement, Jackson. But no, like I think it's fun. Like I think it's. A, I think I think the only thing I'll well I'll get. How about? Next week, when we do yours, we can give our thoughts on the dollar budget as a whole. Because then, by that yeah. point, we both would have had a deck built and one given to you. So, I know Absolutely. you're. I know. I already know you're a huge fan of this. So, I, I mean, you I wouldn't say huge it. fan. It's fun. Uh, yeah. It wins. Which you know, I'm someone that I don't need to win every game, but I don't want to play a deck that's just crap. Just I think to play you crap. Play, you like play like, but you. We've talked about this before. Like you play decks that have winning percentages, right? Like you want to play a deck where you can win. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That, and that's what I mean. It's like, I'm not trying to play yeah. just shit, but I also don't need to play like the most tuned high powered thing ever. Um, I actually think Tuck, this could become your de facto end of the night. I don't want to think I just want to, I just want to jam because think, this, yeah. this is the most straightforward deck I can personally think of that would be <laughs> in your collection. Uh, and I think this is going to be like, to your point, I think this is going to be a really fun talking point of being like, I'm playing Space Godzilla. Uh, like, oh, wow. Like, are you doing like those crazy lines? Like, no, it's a dollar. But including <laughs> like, it's a, just a dollar. Like you have dollar cards. They're like, no, it's a dollar. Like take out the basic lines. It's a dollar. It's, 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 it's it is a fascinating experience. We'll get into this next week. I don't want to get into these final thoughts, but we definitely need to yeah, carve that out for next episode. Yeah, we'll have to figure out a new way to say, don't worry, guys. It's not like, oh, it's not that Zer deck. It's like, don't worry, guys. It's a dollar. It's like, yeah, it's dollar a dollar. Card. No, no, no. It's a dollar. Dollar like, Zer I deck. I need two rolls of pennies and I could build this deck. Oh, man. 
Love it. All right, guys. Love it, love it, love it. Well, have a great weekend. Seriously, be safe. Enjoy yourselves. And make sure you tune in July 11th for the Budget Showdown. Big Tuck, myself, Marketing Ross, and Ultra Budget Brews Budget from EDH Rec. See ya.